Hello, and welcome to PrimeMed's News and Updates podcast. This series is intended to provide clinicians with the latest updates in primary care. Today's episodes include tablets and MS cognitive assessment, postpartum BP checks in women with hypertension, and emergency department closures. Tablet app seems reliable and fast for cognitive assessment in MS. The Brief International Cognitive Assessment for Multiple Sclerosis, or BICAMS, tablet application, ICAMS, seems to be a reliable and fast method of assessment, according to a study recently published in the International Journal of MS Care. Megan Beyer, Ph.D., from the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine in Baltimore and colleagues enrolled 100 participants with physician-confirmed multiple sclerosis to examine equivalency between the original paper-based and tablet-based assessments. In each session, inter-rater reliability, parallel forms reliability, and concurrent validity were assessed by incorporating two test administrators, one scoring responses with the paper assessments and the other with ICAMS. The researchers identified strong and significant correlations for all tests. There was excellent agreement between ICAMS and paper version of the BICAMS tests. All intraclass correlations exceeded 0.93. There was no statistically significant difference in the scores from all cognitive tests, indicating no proportional bias. Administration of the ICAMS app saved about 10 minutes over the paper version, including scoring. Our findings suggest that the novel ICAMS is comparable to the paper-based BICAMS. No significant differences in results between the paper and tablet-based measures, the authors write. ICAMS is a promising tool that will facilitate the use of an established and recommended cognitive battery for multiple sclerosis in clinical settings. Remote Postpartum BP Checks Feasible in Women with HTN A remote blood pressure monitoring program is feasible and acceptable to postpartum women with hypertension, according to a study published online September 10th in Obstetrics and Gynecology. Elise Hausberg from the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine and colleagues conducted a quality improvement project among 409 women admitted to the postpartum unit of a single tertiary care hospital with a diagnosis of chronic hypertension with superimposed preeclampsia, 12%, gestational hypertension, 41%, preeclampsia, 44%, or postpartum preeclampsia, 3%. The intervention included remote blood pressure monitoring and monitoring reminders and follow-up appointments. The frequency of the reminders and follow-up appointments was dependent on patient readings, which were integrated into their electronic health records. The researchers found that 171 participants, 42%, had antihypertensives initiated or titrated through the program. The vast majority of women, 83%, continued the program beyond three weeks postpartum, and 88% attended an in-person six-week postpartum visit. A post-program survey was completed by 250 women, of whom 94% reported satisfaction with the program. We're meeting women where they are instead of saying they have to come to the hospital for all these blood pressure checks when they have a new baby, Hopsburg said in a statement. 
I think this is supported by recent American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists recommendations and is an opportunity to improve care for high-risk women. Emergency department openings and closures may affect treatment and outcomes for acute MI. High occupancy hospitals may be sensitive to openings and closures in neighboring emergency departments, according to a study published in the September issue of Health Affairs. Renee Y. Shaw, MD, from the University of California, San Francisco, and Yu Chu Shen, PhD, from the Naval Postgraduate School of Monterey, California, use data from 2001 to 2013 to examine the outcomes of and treatment received by patients with acute myocardial infarction at so-called bystander emergency departments that had been exposed to nearby emergency department closures or openings. The researchers found that when a high occupancy emergency department was exposed to a closure that resulted in increased driving time of over or equal to 30 minutes to the next closest emergency department, one-year mortality, and 30-day readmission rates increased by 2.39 and 2% respectively. Simultaneously, the likelihood of receiving percutaneous coronary intervention declined by 2.06%. On the other hand, exposure to emergency department openings that resulted in decreased driving times of greater than or equal to 30 minutes was associated with reductions in 30-day mortality at bystander hospitals and an increased likelihood of receiving PCI. Our findings suggest that limited resources at high occupancy bystander hospitals make them sensitive to changes in the availability of emergency care in neighboring communities, the authors wrote. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your hosts have been PrimeMed Digital's Lee Tatro and Kevin Foley. News content provided by Health Day, all rights reserved. See you next time.